0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Week 15 start out with a bang, unbelievable series of games. Let's start with the inevitable, I think, the game of the week. Colts come out of the gate, 33 points in the first half. Vikings laying up a dud. And all of a sudden, here he comes, third quarter, Kirk Cousins. What a game. What a game. I mean, it was a pretty good game. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good I left the game, uh, had something to do, and I remember telling Ryan just... Um, I've seen it happen. The Warren Moon game. Frank Reich. Yeah, Frank Reich. I think they were down 31-3. Frank Reich comes in. I leave. I'm like, we're done. It's a playoff game. Warren Moon, Hall of Famer, you know, the gun. Frank Reich brings it back. They win. Unbelievable. So when I left, jokingly, I said, Ryan, I've seen it happen. It can happen. He's like, "Nah, man. And then I get back, and I'm like, it's happening, isn't it? (laughs) I could not believe that it happened.
1: And Kirk Cousins had his second 400-plus yard passing game in a row, so he's having a great stretch here. And uh, obviously with the greatest comeback of all time, uh, Points-wise, uh, he got it done once again. So, You also saw Matt Ryan not get it done once again. He had 182 yards, Jeez. one touchdown, zero interception. They had uh, 30 points with him having one touchdown on the ground as well. So uh, something he brought to the table he hasn't had over the past few years was a bit of a rushing game. so uh, A bit. Yeah, a bit there. So we saw him get another rushing touchdown. But uh, Jonathan Taylor left this game. We saw Zach Moss really take over the transaction from the Bills. Uh, he is now likely the starting running back with Dion Jackson once again as the number two. Again, he'll be getting a bit more time with Taylor out. But look for Zach Moss and Deion Jackson. Yeah, I think Kirk
2: Cousins is having a great year. Obviously, they had a little slump as a team where they kind of didn't look like who they should be. The record's very good. Obviously, they're leading the NFC right now behind the Eagles. I think that Kirk Cousins, and y'all could probably joke before it, should be in conversation for MVP. I know Jalen Hurts, he's injured right now. We'll see how that plays out. Mahomes, obviously. Tua, he's kind of disappeared in primetime games. And Joe Burrow, outside of all those guys, it could be anybody. I think Kirk Cousins has a good shot at it, especially now with that what he just did this week under his belt. And if he continues to do this, he beats good teams. They beat the Bills. In a similar fashion, not that much of a deficit, but overtime wins. So Kirk Cousins, in my opinion, is top three for an MVP candidate.
0: Josh, why do they pick on Kirk so much? I mean, you could argue, well, he put up a goose egg in the first half. Okay, it happens. But he came back with a reckless abandon in the second half. And this guy's been dumped on for a long time.
1: Yeah, I'm not certain why. He always has pretty good stats. He's always been a highly considered quarterback for the most part, but I think it's just the the playoff resume. You look at players that don't have a large playoff resume and they're usually the guys that are getting joked uh, and another team we're going to be talking about soon, the, the Baltimore Ravens, the guy in Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. was not in this game. Uh, he's another guy who has not had a real playoff resume and he's kind of in question. That's why John Harbaugh is also in question on that team as well.
0: Yeah, just to follow up before we move on, um, Jefferson out of this world play this year. Of course, with Cousin putting up those type of numbers, you would expect him to have a weapon. But it's not even fair. Jefferson looks like he's on pace to just ob- obliterate some records this year. All right, obliterate, obliterate, Obliv- obliterate, obliterate, obliterate. Yes, English is not my specialty. Let's <laughs> talk about the Ravens. They um they're falling apart without their starting quarterback, and more importantly, Watson gets a much needed win uh, there in Cleveland. Yep. I mean, the Browns held it
1: together. They really had a lot of mistakes, but they were able to beat this backup roster for the Baltimore Ravens. We're seeing that uh, Tyler Huntley's not going to be able to uh, maintain a starting job beyond if Lamar Jackson does happen to leave. Right. He's not been playing well over the last few games. I know he's, he left one game with an injury, but he has not played well, obviously, with three points scored. But their running back, J.K. Dobbins, the guy who they've been missing for the last two years, essentially, he back. comes back. He's very efficient. I think at one point he had 10 carries for 120 yards. He ended with 130 yards on the ground. He's a very efficient runner, and we're seeing it right now despite
0: still being slightly hobbled from his knee injury. Yeah, I think as much as I think it's important that Deshaun gets rolling a little bit with this offense, Caleb certainly not his best quarterback play by any means, but do you still have faith that he can at least get some momentum this the rest of the season?
2: Yeah, I think he's fine. We see him still knocking off rust. It was It's a hard game. It's a divisional game, run-heavy game. It's at home. And they, they pulled it out with a 10-point win. Low scoring, 13-3. to But I think he's looking to DPJ, which is what I thought he would do because he is a kind of an outside deep threat quarterback. He likes throwing the outside. We remember Will Fuller a few years ago and the Texans and Brandon Cooks together. So I think that DPJ's going to end up becoming the number one in this offense. I know Amari Cooper's there. I know he's a security blanket. I know he's the better receiver. But I think that the, the, the DPJ matches Watson's play style a lot better.
1: Yeah, with Watson back, you're seeing the uh, the big play ability come to fruition here on this offense. You see the big plays come from DPJ. Right. You see big plays from Amari Cooper. You're seeing David and Joku. I know the running game's been hurt a little bit while he's been back, but they have hard, had harder matchups versus the first half, so the expectations shouldn't have been as high as they were for Nick Chubb. But he's still producing relatively well on the ground, but you'd like to see the running game come back more in the further weeks.
0: Yeah, a couple games I just want to glance over because I don't think in, in the v- big picture these are games that we are shocked by. Uh, the first game, of course, the 49ers were able to take care of the Seahawks, 21-13. Uh, I don't think we are surprised. I'm going out of order. The Saints were able to beat the Falcons, 21-18. to Not going to spend a lot of time there. Um, even the Steelers, 24-16, were able to take care of Carolina despite being on a backup quarterback and having some injuries there. Uh, I- I'll briefly mention that the Chiefs and, and you know Texans, we've said it all along, the Texans are a bad team. They're the best bad team in football. They've got one win, one tie, 12 losses. But this team plays virtually every game hard. And they take they took Patrick Mahomes to the very end. Yeah,
1: I mean, they always stick around. Their, de- their Sorry, their defense and their secondary has been relatively good uh, for the most part of the season. And they have Stingley out and other names like that. But they, they kind of just stick around. They play relatively mistake-free while they don't have an explosive offense or anything like that. They maintain points, and they keep up with these teams. And when the Chiefs are in a slump like that for the first half, you're going to see the score be that close for the most part with this Texans team, as you saw with the Cowboys the week before.
2: Yeah, I believe this game went to overtime too, which was, was pretty scary for Chiefs fans. I think I've said it last week and the week before, Mahomes is in a slump. He doesn't look the same. That's just my opinion. I think he he obviously plays a lot better than this. They're squeaking through wins. They barely beat the Rams. They barely beat the team they played last week. They barely beat the Texans this week. So they're in a slump. When they get hot, which will probably be right when the playoffs start, they're they're probably going to win out at this point. They've been winning out playing bad, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go to the Super Bowl. I know it's a little early to say, but a team like the Texans, like you said, they, they have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. They kind of play up to everybody, and that's kind of what the Lions were doing last year in Dan Campbell's first year. So there could be a a change in culture there, so we'll we'll let's see what happens.
1: Yeah, and this loss for the Texans continues to ensure them the number one overall pick, so they get their choice at quarterback, whether it's Bryce Young, to pair with their young receiver in John Mechie when he hopefully returns, or C.J. Stroud from Ohio State who's in the playoffs currently. If he has a hot stretch, he could go there as well, but it is ensuring them a top player in this draft. We don't think Davis Mills, I think the three of us agree here, that Davis Mills isn't necessarily the guy that needs to get replaced. But when you're in a situation to get a guy like Bryce Young, you have to pull the trigger, and that's who they're likely going to get. And they ensure that,
0: once again, with another loss. Three games I just want to ask a couple questions about. Uh, the Bills beat the Dolphins 32-29. In my opinion, it's a, it's a coin toss with these two teams. I think the Dolphins have risen. They were almost able to pull off the upset in Buffalo. Obviously, a Miami team playing in the snow is not ideal.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say if it feels a neutral environment. I think the Dolphins win this game. Raheem Mostert first play of the game, 15 yard run. He kind of dominated. He had over 100 yards. Bills had nothing for that. I just think that they ran out of time, and obviously the the climate conditions there for Miami is a little rough. Just like in week one or week mm-hmm. two, I forget mm-hmm. the hundred plus degree weather that the Bills ended up playing right. in Miami. Right. So similar parity there is Home pretty interesting
1: advantage. yeah simple as that yeah we got we saw Tua bounce back off of his two game stretch where he was not playing very well mm-hmm. and the bills just continue to maintain they're not playing extremely well i know they did put up 32 points and there were flashes in this game but they have not been the bills that we have traditionally thought of the last two years uh, and we're seeing them kind of get back to that they're not doing anything like and terribly bad on offense for them to keep getting into loss or losing scenarios but they are pulling out these wins against hard teams like the dolphins also That 15-yard penalty scare that they were putting on the fans for the snowballs, first time I've ever seen that. It's pretty cool, though.
0: Yeah, if they had instituted it, then the Dolphins would have kept the ball the whole game because they just kept throwing and throwing. Uh, I think uh, uh, let's talk about Lions-Jets because these are teams that we've been big on in the fact that they're much-improved teams, no longer the dumpster of the NFL. But they're teams that don't know how to win. That said... Uh, Jared Goff able to pull out a nice drive at the end of the game. They win twenty seventeen. What's the story of that game? It
2: was pretty close. I mean, obviously, you got a punt return touchdown from Khalif Raymond in the first half. Mm-hmm. The Jets were pinned in the end zone, their own end zone. They had to punt it. It was a 40-yard punt. He ran it back. Easiest punt return ever. He had to make one guy miss. It was just a close game. I mean, I don't want to say they're both bad, but they're both teams that could be better. I mean,
0: is a good football score. Yeah, it's a good football (laughs)
2: score, but I'm saying they're both teams with a ton of potential in the future. They're both kind of still figuring it out. It was really close. I I don't think Jared Goff is a problem. Like we said it before, I know he only had 100-some yards in this game, but that's the the type of game it was, a defensive-heavy game. It was a run-heavy game. Yeah, Yeah, it was was just a a gritty game. It's a Dan Campbell game.
0: But one of you made a comment that don't let this score outcome make them backslide on Zach. Oh uh, yeah, court, Zach right?
2: Wilson. Yeah. That if you watch the game, you'll know what I'm talking about. Two of his plays were big, fifty plus yard right. chunk plays where the receivers are wide open on busted mm-hmm. coverage. One of the touchdowns to C.J. Uzama was like that. So the score really is, in my mind, is three to twenty, right? Because of those plays. But Trash. it's 2017. Zach Wilson. He had a lot of yards. I think he had 300 yards. Pad the stats. It's just. I don't know I I wouldn't be too confident because of this game.
1: Yeah, and to me, I don't think this game was a good game across the board. In my opinion, you come you just talked about the Z or the uh, the Jets offense how they scored on a handful of plays. You talked about the Khalif Raymond return. That was basically like a 45-50 yard return because they were punting out of their own end zone, so it was a shorter return. That was one play for a touchdown as well as the 50-yard Brock Wright touchdown where the Jets couldn't keep up with them on that one play towards the end of the fourth quarter. So, this game really came down to four or five plays. For all of the points, they were all big play touchdowns. And I just think either team, both quarterbacks didn't play very well. It was just a bad game across the board. But it does step the, uh, the Lions into a good position to make the playoffs, as well as the Jets moving down. I think they're ninth in the AFC now. So it's looking less and less likely that like they're going to make it with the uh, teams like the Chargers making more wins in the past couple of games.
0: Yeah, I think a surprise of the week was how much the Bears, who are not a good football team on either side of the ball, were able to essentially, they should have won this game, but just had no ability to put this team away. They still allowed uh, the Eagles to score 25 points. They only scored 20. But if you watch the game, it was really a tale of Chicago doing some things that put them in a position to take the lead and win, and they just never could. Yeah, and you see the importance of the quarterback position in this game because if Justin Fields was
1: not playing, this would have been... A Crazy. terrible score yeah. in favor of the Eagles. And uh, Justin Fields just continues to impress. He literally has no talent on his team. So he's just and, taking it on his own. Uh, to me, this is the least talented roster in the entire NFL. I mean, they're picking up first-round busts that are are bad, and they got cut for a reason, and they're playing terrible on this team. Uh, you have players like Bayless Jones, guys who they drafted in the third and second round who can't even start over the sixth receiver on the team. It's just it's bad across the board, but you get to see a quarterback who – is extremely talented. He's the third quarterback in NFL history to have a thousand rushing yards. He breaks it in this game, and he could break the rushing
0: re- record going forward through this season too. Now, Josh, you brought up a good point because Fields left the game. Arguably, if he had played that drive, it could have been the difference in the game, Caleb. So, you agree that he's balling out, and the rest of the team is essentially trash.
2: Oh yeah, I think we all kind of known that. I mean, they have players like Nikhil Harry, Chase Claypool's injured. Chase Claypool is mm-hmm. injured. They have uh, Kevin White, who's everyone knows injury prone. Bust receiver in the first round. A lot of guys that could have been Equinemius St. Brown couldn't do anything with Aaron Rodgers. They cut him. Uh, Byron Pringle couldn't do anything with Patrick Mahomes, so they cut him. So a lot of would be Alex Leatherwood. A lot of guys that aren't, they're just busts. And I think obviously Justin Fields is special. I think he is one of the better quarterbacks in the league passing wise, even though we don't see it much. And obviously he's a very talented athlete. He's like Josh said, third behind, and Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick are the only two other people to do it, have 1,000 rushing yards in the season as a yeah. quarterback.
1: Yeah, and credit to Eber and their staff for actually allowing Justin Fields to be able to run this offense like this. They didn't have much talent going on to this team, and the guys that have been uh, staples for this team, you could say Darnell Mooney, guys like that on offense, are not on the team. They're injured. Uh, it's just a bit of a bad team across the board. And Justin Fields, what you want to see is him finally standing up and playing well, and he is. He is very much so playing well despite the talent, and hopefully – Next draft, they're going to be a high pick. They will get some talent.
2: Yeah, and all you guys that watch college pretty heavily, you know this guy's a good quarterback. Just imagine what he did in college, but in the NFL if he has receivers. He doesn't really have any help right now.
0: Yeah, no help. All right, a couple games we're going to fly through because I think they're pretty insignificant. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, I said it this week, never won in Denver. That doesn't change even with uh, a, a ripping of all people. Not, oh yeah. And yeah. I mean, this was one of the Broncos' best games of the season. I know they played against third Without string being Russ.
1: Third string Trace McSorley. So yeah, they had a, <clears throat> sorry, go ahead. No, their defense was having a field day, but right. on the other side, JJ Watt also getting his drug test oh. this morning. Three sacks. <laughs> a bunch of QB hits in this
0: game. Yeah, 24-15, No story really there. You had a point to make though, kid. Yeah, I was
1: saying they dominated the time of
2: possession, the Broncos. I think Latavius Murray had hundred plus yards <laughs> and Marlon Mack, of all people, scored a touchdown, return of the Mac. He lives mm. coming out of an uh, Achilles injury two years ago. He's been bounced around a couple teams. But like I said, they dominated time possession, so it's easy to win games. You can just run down the other team.
0: I think the big tale for the Raiders game is not that they did anything to align themselves with winning, more so than they did a very uncharacteristic-like thing, the Patriots is, very un last play, and now there's some controversy. You know where they, they did the, the hoop-de-hoo and threw the ball around it, turned over Mac Jones very feebly tried to stop him, and here we go. The challenge with this is now they're saying that there's a chance that they didn't believe that Mac could make the Hail Mary pass, so blah, blah, blah. What, what do you think is going on there?
2: Well, there's a long five-minute interview of Jacoby Myers. The guy that threw it back, and it was intercepted. <laughs> it's him kind of teary-eyed sitting there, and they're all asking him questions in the locker room. He's putting his shirt on, and he's like, yeah, it was my fault, blah, blah, blah. And they kept asking him, is it Andre's fault for passing it back to you? He was like, nope, it was my fault. And they said, well, what was the play design? He was like, it was just Ramondre to run up the middle, run up the clock to go to overtime. And they just did that all themselves, the players. And he said he thought he'd take the opportunity to make something special happen, and obviously it didn't happen. So I don't think it, was a, it wasn't it was designed at all. I don't no. think Patricia did it. I don't think Belichick did it. I think Jacoby just tried to do, make something happen, and literally the worst-case scenario happened.
1: Yeah, and I think this wasn't the only mistake of the Patriots. They had mistakes all throughout this entire game, and the Raiders really didn't capitalize a ton on that. They did get a pick on the short, or sorry, Patriots did. Yeah, They, they didn't really capitalize on the mistakes of the Patriots in this game beyond the last play, and the Patriots really, they were... Forcing the ball down the field the entire game, couldn't get anything going on other than one Nelson Aguilar catch. I mean, Mac Jones had barely over 100 yards. It was really reliant on Ramondre Stevenson, and they really couldn't do anything the entire game. So I think the Raiders, they should have done better in this game. I know they put up 30 points, and I know it was close for the most part of the game, but they should have done a lot better. I don't think this is a very impressive win for McDaniel and his resume, and hopefully they can continue to win beyond this game because this was. Very much so, a a very much so, a win game for them, or
0: a game they should have won by a a large uh, margin. Yeah, the Patriots effectively lost their place as tied for second place with that loss. And of course, the Raiders helped themselves a wee bit, but there's still a couple games out. We'll talk more about that. What I wanted to mention about the next two games is I think one, Tom Brady is not enough to help the Buccaneers. Uh, at all. I don't know what's wrong with them. Obviously, you've said they've had some offensive line injuries and a few injuries on the defense, but I don't know. It's unraveling in Tampa Bay for Brady. Uh, The Bengals, of course, are are a perennial playoff team. 34-23 there. Not much to talk about other than the Bucks just not really in sync. Bengals taking a long time to put them away. Uh, And the game is surprising. We watched Tannehill leave. We are able to see the Chargers beat the Titans 17-14, but Tannehill leaves with what looks like a nasty, broken Something Comes right back out with a different cleat and tape on. um, And he puts up 14 points. A, what's wrong with with the Titans, who are supposedly going to win this division? And even though Justin Herbert is padding stats, why are they scoring 17 points and having a hard time with the Titans? Yeah, it's just a a terrible offense
1: for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Derrick Henry has a good, solid first half for the most part every single game, and then nothing in the run game happens in the second half. And their passing offense is bottom tier in the NFL. I believe they're bottom three. Uh, they're not going to have one receiver, I think, even over 800 yards. like It's just a bad situation in terms of passing. And uh, if they want Tannehill to be a success, they need to wrap him around with weapons. I know their yeah. best weapon, uh, Traylon Burks, the rookie uh, first-round pick, is not playing right now. They obviously lost A.J. Brown. And uh, I think their biggest playmaker right now is Chigazayam Okonkwo, another rookie who they're really, really relying on. Um, yeah, he's their best playmaker, and that's just a bad scenario because he's not... A high volume guy. He's not yeah. going to be making a ton of plays throughout the game, but when he does get the ball, it is it is a big play.
2: Yeah. Real quick about the Titans. We, I think everyone, all the NFL community, the NFL analysts, all these guys mm-hmm. said Titans would be a bottom tier team after they lost AJ Brown. I we I think we kind of said here that they'd be a little bit worse, not that bad. Turns out they're a mid tier team. They're not terrible, but they're leading the division still. Somehow, I think they lose it to Jacksonville here soon, but. Yeah. Titans aren't that bad. They just have one of the worst offenses in the league. But as an overall team, as an overall coach, they're pretty solid. And as far as the Chargers go, they, they've been down their O-line the entire year. Yeah. That's really hard to be good as an offense without your your two best blockers out there, really. Rashawn Slater went down a couple weeks ago, out for the whole year. That's a, the big blow to them. And the receivers have been a revolving door of health. So, And the Chargers defense also, they let up big plays out of nowhere. They can bend, not break type of and then they end up breaking somehow. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. It was a close game.
1: Yeah, to me, the Titans, I think, in comparing them to the last couple of seasons, I mean, even last year, they went up against the Bengals and were almost in the Super Bowl. Right, they were almost right. in the Super Bowl against the uh, Chiefs two years prior. Um, they've just been in a lot of situations the last couple of years to be a top team in the AFC. They even led the record last year for AFC. But you look at this year, the best team they've beaten record-wise is the Las Vegas Raiders. I believe they're at 5 uh, win team as well as the green bay packers or sorry they're the number 1 6 and 8 raiders 5 and 8 they they have not beaten anybody this year those are the two best teams they've beaten and um they've just been getting blown out by great teams i mean you look at the buffalo game 7 to 41 uh not really a game at all you look at the philly game 10 to 35 and I mean, even Jacksonville, twenty-two to thirty-six. They're getting beat by great teams, and they're not. They should no longer be considered among the top teams in the AFC. And as you said, the Jaguars one game behind. They do play them soon, and they do have an easier schedule, in my opinion, than the Titans. So there's a good chance Trevor Lawrence could sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm a
0: little surprised. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm just processing. Like the Titans are like a every year. Very much near 500 team that just benefits from being in a crappy division, I think. Uh, last two games to tie up, the Giants-Washington. It's a whatever game. You could flip a coin on that one. Giants hold out and win 20-12. to 12. We learn anything from this? Uh, Tony Dungy was right. He's the only guy that picked the New York Giants on Sunday Night Football.
1: And uh, as he said, even prefacing the game, they did play a better game against the Commanders just two weeks prior before the Washington bye week. Uh, although it was a tie, they did not close out the game. And you saw this game. They end up closing it out. And obviously the star of this game, Kayvon Thibodeau, the rookie top five pick who they got this year. Uh, He had an amazing game, I believe, one of the first players since 2000 to have uh, 10 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble return for a touchdown. He was obviously the highlight of this game, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, Washington was pretty close in this game. It came down to the wire, as the controversy is. is, um, Washington still dominates time of possession in most games. They have a lot of rushes of Brian Robinson. This one came down in the last minute. With a weird flag, where Terry McLaurin thought he was on the line when he was, in fact, stepped over the line, so ended up being a uh, what was it? is it illegal shift, legal motion? What was it called? Illegal motion offsides. There's a offsides. number of ways they can go. One of, yeah. one of those, but it ended up backing him up, and then time expired, so the game was over. That run that Brian Robinson ran to the end zone did not count. So a little upsetting to lose that way, but as we know in football, there's n- countless plays before that that matter the same yeah. amount as that play.
0: You just hate to see it's all over social media that you hate to lose to the refs. You know, and there's another play. I think it's McLaurin in the end zone, and he's the guy. The defender is off the ground. He's left his feet, um, and is basically on his back. And yeah, the ball's not even there. Curtis yet. Samuel, maybe I don't remember. No call. But yeah. that's two things that's super sketchy in a game that's pretty close. You know, and you hate to see that. I think both these teams are. I had a conversation about about Washington literally with a fan today. They got a lot to do to really fix the culture. I think they're a Band-Aid team. Like We all love the heart, the scrappy Taylor Heineke, but we know he's not their guy. And they have some weapons in place now, finally. But with their ownership, with their leadership, their coaching staff, this is their ceiling. They're hitting their ceiling right now. Yeah, and you're seeing the success of the Giants right now.
1: I know they've had an easier schedule as well as their whole division have had a relatively easy schedule in comparison to the whole NFL this season. So you look at the weapons of the New York Giants beyond Saquon Barkley, Uh, you really have no one right now. You have free agent Isaiah Hodgins stepping up. You have Richie James, who was another free agent acquisition. Uh, David Sills, who's been on the team forever, uh, who's been a practice squad guy. All these guys that are not high-end weapons at all or should be considered high-end weapons at all on an offense are the guys leading your team. So with the success of the team, uh, this year are they going to hold on to daniel jones into next year and hope that you know wandel robinson the guy who they got in the second round comes back and is healthy and they can get another big weapon maybe in free agency to pair up with daniel jones or do
0: you think they're going to move on from him if they do have the chance yeah i, I can't believe they have had him on the team this long i mean he's yeah i don't know both franchises need a little work but i do think the giants Caleb, you you touched on it earlier this year brian Dable changes their culture immediately We've seen that on their field. The question for them is, are they going to be able to keep like Barkley? What are they going to do at quarterback? And what are they going to do to make their team better?
2: I mean, arguably, they have a worse roster than
0: last year. <clears throat> I would agree, yeah. Yeah. But then again, I thought the Cowboys had a worse roster than last year because I didn't know any of these Let's guys. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about the uh, L.A. Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Again, a ho home game. Uh, Baker looked a little unprepared this time. I guess the only news from this game, essentially, uh, we expected Green Bay to win at home 24-12. Uh, the only thing that we learned from this came outside of the game is that, that Matthew Stafford's not ready to retire, which actually means they can start focusing on their offensive line a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they, they should. I mean, Andrew Whitworth, you knew he was pushing 40 and he was going to be out of the league very soon, and they never did anything to fix that position regardless. Mm-hmm. So right. uh, I know Note Boom, he filled in for a couple of games last year. We talked about it. He came in as the starter, has not been great. Uh, they also have injuries to their other pre existing starters. So I think they have the most starters at the o line position over the last two decades this year uh, it's been a nightmare there obviously it's not great for either quarterback Matthew Stafford or Baker Mayfield or Wolford everyone that started has essentially gotten hurt uh, and we know this as, as well as Matthew Stafford has a major injury to his back more than likely but um they definitely need to fix the offensive line they do have a ton of weapons uh, presumably going forward with Cooper cup and everybody returning uh, they just need to Uh, bounce back on defense with them actually paying out for all those guys the last couple of years they're kind of starting to lose those guys we saw Von Miller they paid I believe a second and a third for he walked they didn't do anything to replace him or to fix that position so they have been paying up for a lot of draft picks uh or sorry, they've been paying up draft picks for a lot of older veterans and not being able to maintain that or replace them so we'll see how their future looks and how Matthew Stafford looks but as you said definitely need to fix the offensive line going forward
2: yeah, I don't know if it was because of the weather or because it was home game or Aaron Rodgers injured, but they finally gave A.J. Dillon his, the rock. I mean, he had a big game, touchdown over 100 yards. Looks very good. I think they just controlled the game with that. They kind of set the tone early and let the run game control the game, which I thought the Packers would do that more this year right. during the offseason. Matt LaFleur said that they were going to do that this year, and they ended up not doing it. It's been a lot of checkdowns to Aaron Jones and a lot of deep shots to their rookie Christian Watson. So it's good to see them actually use the run game how it was supposed to be used using it to the maximum ability that it has because A.J. Dillon is a train.
1: Yeah, and this is also the healthiest their wide receiver core has been uh, essentially all season uh, because Christian Watson stepped in and immediately got hurt early in the season. And now we're seeing both rookies, both of their top receivers, Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson return. And you obviously get their best game in this week uh, beating the Rams. So. Yeah,
0: the final game to talk about, I, I wasn't putting it off. I just wanted to talk a little bit about <laughs> it. Uh, Dallas and the Jags, a lot of people said it was a – can't miss win for Dallas. We disagree because we know the Jaguars are getting better. 34-40, Jags pulled out on a, a, a basically a game-ending dr- drive that is was fantastic. Uh, I think Dallas scored with a little too much time. Um, there's a couple of things that, that they did wrong, but I also think they, they fell asleep a little on Jacksonville is the story. I think teams sometimes, this is what I call a trap game, where you're set up to fall in a trap because you're like, that's ah, Jacksonville where the Cowboys were going to beat them. I'm not panicking as a Cowboy fan. Uh, I think it's just that. But I do think Jacksonville is better than we thought they were. And Trevor Lawrence, Caleb, your guy, he's starting to clearly stick his head up out of that hole. Well, I'm not going to claim Trevor Lawrence. He's pretty obvious,
2: in my opinion. But a lot of people have written him off. But last week I will claim that I said that Jacksonville win will win this game. I yeah. think it was it's a good game. It's at home. Jacksonville plays very well at home. They didn't need the running back in this game, Travis Etienne. He kind of didn't do anything until the end of the game. It was really a defensive game. Yeah, I know it's 40-34, to but defense played a big factor in Jacksonville, keeping Dallas off the field, which is really good to see. And Trevor Lawrence has been playing perfect football outside of the fumble that made it go to overtime. Trevor Lawrence has been playing elite football. In
0: fairness, he put zip on two balls and went right through Cowboys defenders that could have easily been picks had the balls not been thrown so hard. But, I mean, they're hands-on and 10 yards beyond. You know, that type of thing.
1: It's hard to beat a, a player who's breaking out currently. And Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. obviously, was a top prospect, top player. And uh, you're seeing over, I believe, since week eight, he's been a top quarterback in the NFL. And you saw it in this game, essentially in the second half, the Jaguars have been very much so a second-half team coming back in a lot of games. Uh, the Cowboys just not have a great uh, game on offense in the second half, though. So yeah. it was, I believe... It was close to thirty points for the Cowboys going into halftime. Obviously, they ended with thirty-four. Not great, yeah. But um, yeah, it was a very close game towards the end. Obviously, going into overtime, and um, yeah, I just think Trevor Lawrence and the offense had a much better game in the second half. Yeah, yeah, I think Dak Prescott prepared for this game opposite what it normally does because he's normally,
2: <laughs> I believe the average. and Don't quote me on it. Yeah, it's yeah. rough estimate or what I remember. In the first half, Dak Prescott's passer rating is usually like sixty-eight, which is below average. Second half and If his average is 112, so he's a much superior quarterback in the second half in every game he's ever played in his life. Other than this game, he looked perfect in the first half, played a terrible second half. So whatever he did, he shouldn't do it again. He did the opposite of what he should do.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's. I think the whole thing to this, and this is why I'm not excited or angry or anything. I think you know Dallas putting up the amount of points they put up is what you would expect Dallas to do. 34. Uh, I think they didn't expect Jacksonville to do it. But like I said, literally Dallas was in the right place, at the right time, and and you know Trevor just threw two balls right through. I think Joseph and someone else's hands, like right through them, and they were, you know, like you said, a couple of great catches at the end. Uh, again, this is what happens when you underestimate a team. And, you know, I don't think it means Dallas's defense is suddenly terrible. I don't think it means that Jacksonville's going to Super Bowl. I, somewhere in the middle of all that. Jacksonville took a step forward, maybe. Yeah, I think that Dallas
2: tr- tried to rely on their number four target too many mm-hmm. times. Noah Brown, he had two touchdowns, and he forced it to him on that throw in the game where it bounced off his hands pretty much, and Jacksonville scored a pick six off of it to yeah. ice the game, but we I co- think... Rely more on your studs and yeah. not <laughs> Noah we're Brown. We're convinced,
0: by the way, listeners, we're hundred percent convinced that they let Noah Brown's hair and him wearing eighty five because we call him budget. Right? Budget C D Lamb. Budget C D Lamb. I and mean, I think it decoys people like sometimes like, Oh, that must be C D Lamb when it's not it even confuses the you know the commentators and us sometimes. But budget C D lamb's not getting it done. Keep throwing the C D.
1: Yeah, I mean, despite that play, he did have two touchdowns in this game, I do think. Yeah, he did. And I think the running game needs to be the main focus for the Cowboys. I know they've led the league in yards, essentially, as an offense the last two years. Uh, And that needs to be focused on the running game because Ezekiel Elliott— yeah, I think he's been the most consistent running back in the league, I yeah. think, returning from injury. Yeah. And Tony Pollard as well. He's been right up there with Ezekiel Elliott in terms of consistency and yards and touchdowns and everything like that. They've been great the last eight games, and they need to continue to feature those guys because they did not stop them at all in this game, and they probably wouldn't have stopped them in overtime as well if they just fed the ball to the running backs.
0: Well, despite their loss uh, and despite the Eagles being very close to losing, uh, in fact, you know we'll talk more about next week where, where I believe Jalen Hurts is likely not going to play in a game that really won't change much. But let's talk about the playoff picture. We promise you will be your stop for playoffs. Real, real simple over in the AFC. The Patriots' loss really messed them up, threw them on the bubble. So right now, currently, we have the Bills at 11-3, and the Chiefs, no surprise, 11-3, have clinched the AFC spot. They're in the playoffs. Now, currently, the Bengals in this order. The Bengals, Titans, Ravens, Dolphins, Chargers, as of the end of this past week, week 15, they are all in the hunt. Now, I mentioned that bubble. The bubble starts with the Patriots, goes to Jets, Jags, Raiders, Browns, Steelers, and Colts. Now, we've already mentioned Texans and Broncos are eliminated. Nothing has changed, just the order of who's in the hunt and on the bubble. Now, in the NFC, there's four teams that are in already. We don't know exactly. We, we have an idea, but it looks like the Eagles at 13-1 will lead the way. Uh, Minnesota, with that heroic win and come from behind, 11-3, uh, they're also going to win their division to be in. 49ers likely win their division to be in. Dallas actually losing their division to the Eagles will also get in. They are all currently now secured a playoff spot. Um, in the hunt, right now there's only three teams that are in the hunt left, and that is the Buccaneers, the Giants, and the Commanders. Now, on the bubble, there's a long list here, but Seahawks, Lions, who continue to help themselves, I think they're on a 6-1, and 7-1. and one? Yeah. Yeah. Packers, still around. Panthers, uh, Saints, and Falcons. Now, officially this week the Cardinals and Rams have been eliminated along with the Bears. So, again, four teams in the NFC have clinched, two in the AFC, and there's a bunch in the hunt. We have a long way to go. All right, with that said, as always, we like to give you our locks and our upsets. We're trying not to give you the obvious locks. I'll give you an example. We know Buffalo's going to beat Chicago. They're favored by nine and a half. We're not giving you that. But, guys, I'll start it off. Um, with Jalen Hurts, I mentioned it before, likely not playing, as we did them the same favor with Dak Prescott not playing. Uh, Dallas is now favored by one and a half points at home. I think they take advantage of that. Uh, although I think Garner Mitchell is going to give them a, a fit, and it will not be an easy win. I think Dallas will win the football game. That is my lock. Who wants to give me a lock?
1: Yeah, for me, I'm going to be picking the Cleveland Browns over the New Orleans Saints. The Cleveland Browns are, in fact, at home, and uh, the Saints' offense is just not scary at all. I just think the Browns have more upside in the running game against the Saints team. Uh, We see what running backs have done to the Saints. Uh, Traditionally, they are a harder rush defense, but we just saw Tyler Algier destroy them. He was the number one running back (laughs) this week in terms of yards. Um, It was a great game for him, and I think it's going to continue here with Kareem Hunt, with Nick Chubb against this team, as well as a veteran quarterback who I prefer over Andy Dalton and Deshaun Watson, hopefully not being terrible in this game. So I'm going to pick the Browns at home over the Saints. Caleb? Caleb?
2: This is gonna be weird. I'm gonna lock an upset weird. because the line's close. You're locking an upset. I'm locking an upset. Okay. This is gonna be my lock. This is not my upset. It's okay. my lock. <laughs> okay. I'm locking Jacksonville over the Jets. Okay. I don't think the Jets can do anything <laughs> with Zach Wilson. I think that the Jaguars are gonna let him score more than he did last week. But Jacksonville's can put up forty against a good the best defense in the league,
0: arguably. The top three defense, yeah. Top
2: three probably two, yeah, you're right. Forty nine are better than Cadallas. But um Jacksonville, I'm going to lock them in. I don't think that the Jets have any answers for all the weapons that they have. And the Jets, I don't think they'll be able to match the points with Zach Wilson.
0: See, I agree with you, although I'm picking Jags as my upset because I do think that, uh, I don't know, Zach Wilson for me. So anytime he's on the field, I think they lose. But I'm, I'm going upset. For all the same reasons you said. Well, So what is your upset? For me, Josh? I'm going to be picking the Texans over the Titans.
1: Oh, um, that's, what I th- that's a darling pick. Yeah, I we like find that. another one. The Titans, uh, they've scored over 20 points, I believe, only twice in the last nine games since their bye week. They've been not a scary team at all in terms of offense. In fact, they're actually at 26th. Uh, the Texans are worse, but the last few games, the Texans have actually been able to put up points and compete against high-quality teams. They look like a better team right now, the much more explosive team. And uh, I'm going to be preferring the Texans over the Titans and a team that looks like anyone can beat them right now in the Titans offense. So <laughs> I'm going to upset and pick Green Bay over Miami. I know mm. Miami's at
2: home. Mm. But Green Bay, they just came out of their bye week. They did all the adjustments they need. They're healthy. They're going to be hot. They have all their receivers back, like you said. I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I think Green Bay's going to sneak in there. Did they already play in Miami this year? Are they Green playing? Bay?
1: Yeah. No. They played... Um, the other jet or the other Florida team, Tampa Bay the Buccaneers. Yeah, is that yeah. the game that Lazaro was throwing up everywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was really hot. <laughs> it was in Florida. That's all. Yeah,
2: that that's all I remember. Yeah, but I think Green Bay they have the. I don't know. You're gonna shoot me if I say it. They have good firepower. I was gonna say close to Miami, but obviously they don't have Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle. But they have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of the running backs are better in my opinion. I know Mostert's mm. explosive. I know that Jeff mm-hmm. Wilson's good. But I think that Green Bay they need to win. They need to get this playoff spot. It's Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be ready. He just had the bye week. He just had the win at home against the Rams. So I think Green Bay winning
1: makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, looking at it, they're on the bubble right there. Uh, we can look at their divisions, actually. That would probably help us out. Just
1: just one game behind the two above them yeah. in the wild card race.
0: Yeah, They could I mean,
2: clinch a wild card if the Giants decide to lose out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean... Seahaw- or they just beat the Lions yeah, record. Yeah, and
1: the Seahawks, they play the Chiefs this week, which likely will be a loss as well. So if they do, in fact, beat the Dolphins, they will jump up right where the uh, Seahawks
0: are and yeah. just competing with the Lions. Yeah, because the Seahawks this week are playing who? I mean, we didn't mention them in any of our... Chiefs. They just need to outscore,
2: yeah, out record the Lions and the Commanders. And they can do they, they play in. the
0: Lions again this year? I think so. We can look. Yeah, they played once, I believe. But Caleb, your your prediction of a lion ten when I'm I'm giving you you know with this little run they've been on, yeah, they're seven and seven. I I know they're probably not going to win out, but if they did, it'd be a miracle. I mean, this what is this? Their second or third best season in the last two <coughs> decades. They're learning to win, and and I, I they they know how to play football. This team can play football.
2: They play Carolina, but this week, yeah,
0: that's a win. So they're I going to so. eight and seven. We'll look up their record while we're on the lines. Let's let's do this one more time because. I know for a fact that the Lions are I don't know like I said it's weird that, You mean their schedule. Yeah, look look them up. I think I don't know. We've been we've been on them for a minute. You've been you've bold enough to say 10 wins and you're super close. So let's just see now. They have three more games to go. Seven, well, they
2: haven't been blown out yet. 16,
0: so. 17, and 18. Yep, they play Carolina, Chicago, two wins. And then Green
1: Bay. So Green Bay is the guy they have to get through Green Bay. <clears throat> they have to which whoever wins that game
2: Week 17 is Could going to play. Now, who, who
0: does Green Bay play over the next three weeks? Because we're saying They that, play Miami. Well, yeah. We're saying that Detroit, essentially – let's recap. Yeah, Green Bay gets Miami, Minnesota, so Detroit. So, if – Oh. They have if, to beat two top yeah. teams and then beat Detroit. They're so the not Lions right now
2: have the edge for a wild card spot.
0: And a chance, a legit chance if they beat the Packers. I think they're going to win the next two and be sitting there – Having to beat Green Bay, yeah. which would be, hey, no better way than to earn it in your own division than beating those guys. Worst case, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. And then also the other team,
1: the Seahawks, they play the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams. <clears throat> Crazy. Which, looking back, they, they beat the Rams by, by four points last time yeah. they played without Baker Mayfield. So it could be another hard matchup for them there in the final week. I forget they added a week. Yeah, yeah, they added. A week, so ago. I think
0: at best they go. They you you might miss it by one, but still a heck of a bold statement. All right, uh, buy and sell, real simple. I love this because I ripped these straight from the headlines. Listen to sports radio all weekend after just to kind of get the uh, gist of what's happened as well as hearing some other journalists' takes. And these guys don't know what I'm about to ask them, so I never know what I'm going to get from these guys. It makes it great. But here's our first one. All right. We kind of touched on it. With their latest win, the Jags have taken a major leap forward as a franchise. Are you buying or selling?
1: I'm going to buy 100%. Uh, it all starts with the quarterback. They've essentially not had a quarterback in my lifetime. I mean, they've, <laughs> they've had stretches as in one to two years with players that have showed up like Blake Bortles. Um They've never had a, a quarterback in my lifetime. So Trevor Lawrence, the number one overall pick, the highest rated prospect of all time. He's proving himself. He is, he is their franchise guy, and it looks great. And you see what this team is with him, and I think uh, 100% they're taking that major leap. Uh,
2: I think, obviously, we talked about it a minute ago, Trevor Lawrence is the reason they're good. Obviously, Doug Peterson has played a big factor compared to the dude they had last year. So <laughs> The dude. <laughs> the dude. Yeah, the dude. Um, but All the I'm Jaguars look coach. very good. They're going to be a mid-pick mid, mid pick in the first round this year. I think, I mean, they're pretty sneaky for next year, especially if they're this well-organized and coming in the next year. They're, they're real sneaky, especially they could go into the playoffs this year if the Titans continue to be as bad as they are. So I'm going to buy.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not, I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of Doug Peterson as a coach. I love him as a person. He's a good Christian guy. I have no problem with Doug Peterson. I think that's clear. I like the little things. He's winning me over as a coach because he's taken some players that are not restaurant-quality wide receivers, and he's finding a way through Trevor Lawrence to make them pretty good. And, I mean, some of the plays they made were big time, and we don't talk enough about playmaking. You know, I've said before to you guys, it feels like growing up there was a lot more big play games, big play moments, and we do have some of that in the NFL, but it just feels different. And Trevor's making that happen with mediocre Offensive talent. And I think Travis ETM's special. I do. I think he's great. Uh, But I like what Peterson's doing. He's coaching this team and proving me wrong in one season. He's proving me wrong. He's calm. He's patient. He's a veteran coach. Uh, I didn't believe that before, but you have won me over, guys. He's solid. You were saying all that. That's the same thing he did for Philly. Exact same thing
2: he did with Philly. Came in, had a second year Carson Wentz, turned him into an MVP candidate with an old Alshon Jeffrey, a... Second-year player, Nelson Aguilar, a bunch of nobodies around him. I know they had Zach Ertz, who just started to break out under Doug Peterson. Whatever running back rotation they had, they had Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt and a bunch of older guys out there, so Corey Clement. But same situation here, just with younger and more talented players, in my opinion, as far as Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne go. Their offensive line has been playing up and playing out of their mind. They're one of the top offensive lines in the league right now. Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, they've been stringing it together with these free agent guys. I mean, Doug Peterson's a great coach.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, let's move on. I want to read this to you first before I ask you the question. I don't know if you guys are aware, but Sean Keeler, he works for the Denver Post. Um, Over 18,000, that's a lot, 423 fans chose not to attend Sunday's game against the Cardinals. Third most franchise history. So I make this statement to you. That the Broncos' attendance lows, those 18,000 seats that people chose not to sit in. Their ticket's already sold, don't get me wrong, I think. Um, but Broncos' attendance lows um, means the fans are speaking up against ownership and some of the decisions they've made. Are you buying or selling that? I'm going to sell. I think
2: it's closer to the holidays. People are tight with money. It's a backup quarterback. I don't think that the attendance is low because anything <clears throat> the team's doing. That's just my opinion. Okay. I think – you look at it; it's two backup quarterbacks playing each other. If you are a season ticket holder, why are you going to show up to that? I mean, it's just a waste of your time, in my opinion. That's just me. I am going to sell.
1: Uh, I am going to buy. I don't. I think this team's obviously the expectations were extremely high for this team, and uh, obviously the result is very underwhelming for what they have produced. And uh, additionally, you are now out of the playoffs. You also have a backup quarterback and Brett Rippin. You're also going up against a backup quarterback and Colt right. McCoy. So I think for both reasons, as well as how the season has gone in terms of underwhelming, underperforming, as well as knowing that it's going to be two backups – Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with this game specifically, but I do think that the fans are sending a message throughout every game that essentially they want something to change, they need something to happen. Uh, We know they're going to be sticking with Russell Wilson because of the contract, but beyond that, moves with the head coach or the GM or anything like that could be done this offseason. So I do think there is some sort of message there, but I think
0: everything combined made it a much larger uh, absence of fans in this game. Yes, Sean's actual post says new, quote, as bad as the Rockies, unquote. When more than 18,000 empty seats at Empire Field, Broncos country sent new Broncos CEO Greg Penner a message Sunday, stand pat at your peril. I like it. I'm buying. I I think it's good. They're they're a good fan base. You know, they're not meatballs. I thought you meant just this week. That's why my answer was the way it was. So so you're with us. I love that the fans are standing up uh, and they're kind of, I think this is a sign of protest. I I agree with the post that... uh, they're standing up against the new CEO, letting them know that this is not what they've signed up for, like you guys said. So, interesting. All right. Something else from the headlines. The 49ers winning is a direct result of being in a division with bad teams. You buying or selling? I'm
2: going to sell. I mean, every, they're beating anywhere they play right now with a backup quarterback. They beat Tom Brady at home. So, I mean. Also, a team not in their division that happens to be really bad. I mean, you can use that argument for. Cincinnati Bengals. They play the same teams pretty much. They played they just beat the Buccaneers who the 49ers just beat. When the 49ers beat them, the Bucks were magically a good team, and now they're magically a bad team that the the Bengals beat them. So I don't know. I think the 49ers are obviously a top five team in the league. They have the best defense in the league, if not two behind Dallas, however you want to argue the stats. I think the 49ers are a great coach team. Kyle Shanahan been a fan since he was on the Falcons. I think he's a great coach. I think that they're obviously playing up in the situation, they don't have their quarterback. They don't have two their first two quarterbacks on their roster playing, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I don't think it matters. They have too many weapons. I know Debo Samuel's out. That didn't matter in this game. They won without him, which is a big thing to see. It was good to see because everyone was kind of worried that the offense would be different. Other than that, Brandon Ayuk still available to play. George Kittle's been lighting it up. The run game's still good. Christian McCaffrey, obviously. I think they didn't miss a beat when they lost Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's a good sign. I don't think it's because they're playing bad teams. I think it's just because they're actually good.
1: Yeah, I'm going to sell as well. I think they have five or six games over 30 points this year. Uh, they're putting up a ton of points on offense, and uh, I believe their statistics for this year, they are the number one defense right now uh, in terms of points allowed, only allowing 15 points per game. Um that's number one. Uh, they're, they're top ten in essentially every single stat. The only thing I think they are under in is passing yards per game. But despite that, they are still having a very productive offense. As I said, six games with 30 or more points. And uh, they've beaten proven teams. I think the only team that they have lost to uh, that has really mattered this season is the Kansas City Chiefs and a big a big loss there. But... um. You can't you can't pick your matchups. So if you play a bad team, you play a bad team, and they have taken yeah. care of every single one of those bad teams and uh, in pretty good fashion. So I think I think the them playing in a bad division per se with the Seahawks, with the Rams, with the Cardinals, who are all relatively bad this year. Uh, the Seahawks are playing up, but um, I don't think that's a direct correlation to them being, you know, a, a high contender. It is them as a team. You know, I'm
0: a, I'm a big proponent of, of all the 49er hype, and um, I'm actually buying this all day long. Because after after I saw this posted, I went and as I always do, I started looking. Week one, they lose to the Bears, a below 500 team. Yeah, that well, it's worth noting.
1: Trey Lance's first start, and it was also a a washout game. It was raining Agreed. all game. And
0: I agree, they can't pick their schedule. They blow out the Seahawks as they should. They lose to the Broncos by one point. Uh, they blow out the Rams as they should. They blow out the Panthers as they should. They lose to the Falcons. Bad team. Uh, they they lose to the Chiefs. Not a complete blowout. They blow out the Rams as they should. They they beat the Chargers. I mean, so far we've seen one team on this thing: the Chiefs. That really and and they they lost big to them. They blow out the Cardinals again. They beat the Saints thirteen nothing. Um, they they beat the Dolphins. That's notable. That's two teams that they've beaten. But they blow out the Bucs. They blow out the Seahawks. They have Commanders, Raiders, Cardinals left. I mean, we say the Eagles have the easy schedule. This might be the easiest schedule. I'm buying all day. They have one of the easy schedules. They should be nearly undefeated like the Eagles are. Um, I just need to see more out of this team. I'm starting to think they're not who we think they are. Okay. Matty Ice being the quarterback of the team who just allowed the biggest regular season comeback. And he's the quarterback who's allowed the biggest Super Bowl comeback. This is no coincidence. Are you buying or selling? I'm going to
2: buy. It's not a coincidence. He's a one-dimensional quarterback. They know you're going to run the ball when you're up big. All they have to do is stop the run, get pressure, send everybody. Matt Ryan, once one guy touches him, he's sacked. He has no mobility at all. He's been that way for the past five or six years. Very predictable quarterback. Now in his age, obviously, in his youth, he was one of the better arm talents in the league, Mm -hmm. throwing up multiple 4,000-yard seasons. I just think Matt Ryan is washed. He has been for about five years now. There's a reason why the Falcons got rid of him. I I just think he's he's not good anymore. He's predictable. They knew that Zach Moss was going to run. It didn't help that Jonathan Taylor was out in this game. So they just stuffed the run. A few mistakes
1: here and there, a fumble, and then they just blew a five-touchdown lead. Yeah, I'm going to buy as well. No one's scared of Matt Ryan. No one in any game has gone into the game scared of Matt Ryan. They've been scared of the talent surrounded by Matt Ryan. And you see the talent on the Colts, as in the wide receiver talent, comparing to Roddy White, Tony Gonzalez, Julio Jones, the running game that they've had on the uh, uh, the Falcons. It's a completely different team, and you're scared of the talent around Matt Ryan and not Matt Ryan. Right. When you're going into a Colts game, you're scared of Jonathan Taylor. You're not scared of Matt Ryan. So when Jonathan Taylor's eliminated, the biggest comeback ever is completely possible because Matt Ryan's going to do absolutely nothing in the second half to do anything to help his team. He barely did anything in the first half to put points on the board. It was all special teams. It was all faults of the Minnesota Vikings. So I think when you're playing a game against Matt Ryan, you're not necessarily scared of anything. And for a large comeback to come up against him, it's not surprising at all. If it's, if it's someone like Pat Mahomes or someone that is a top quarterback that you are scared of, or even, you know, a someone in this league right now that you're relatively scared of on offense, it would be more surprising to come in a large comeback against them than someone like Matt Ryan. It's kind of like a guy you'd expect it to happen to. So, to me, it's not a coincidence at all. I know it is 100% a team game, and the team needed to play better, but their offense was anemic. It was not scary at all in the second half of this game, and even in the first half for Matt Ryan. Yeah, I
0: think a lot goes into uh, losing games like they have, but I also... Think the common denominator is the quarterback. Like, you know, you don't see a lot of teams do this. It doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, I, I may have to buy them. All right, final one. Even though the Bears did not win, they've laid out a blueprint on how to beat the Eagles, buying or selling. I'll buy.
2: I said that this was the blueprint for a while. Dallas used it with Tony Pollard. Mm-hmm. There was a one possession game with Cooper Rush. We saw the Texans. They've been doing it to every team. Mm-hmm. Damian Pierce had over 100 yards on a Thursday night game, prime time. The world saw it then. One possession game, the worst team in the league against the best team in the league, one possession game. So I we saw it this week, too. Justin Fields had over uh, he had almost 200 rushing yards, something crazy. Montgomery had two touchdowns. They get ran all over. The game was a lot closer than probably Eagles fans wanted uh, to yeah. be, 25-20. to 20. I know there's a garbage-time touchdown in there to Byron Pringle right when Justin Fields came back in the fourth well, quarter. Well, Fields went out right when yeah. they were. Yeah. yeah. I it, think that this has been the blueprint. No one can consistently do it. What's the blueprint?
1: Run it. Time of possession. Yep.
0: And yep.
2: You,
1: lo- you look at it, I mean, the Washington Commanders, they're the one that put the upset on the Eagles this year. 100% time of possession. Time of possession this game was one minute in favor of the, of the Chicago Bears. You talked about Byron Pringle. The receiving yards leader for the Bears this game was Byron Pringle on that catch. That one play was the, the receiving leader for the Bears in this game, and obviously it proves it. The, the time of possession, the running game, having the ball in your hands versus the Eagles is the only way you're going to beat them. We saw it with the Commanders. We see it in this game and how it's so close. The number one receiver for the Bears had 39 yards, and 90% of that was one play. So it's it's not the passing game. It's not anything like that. It's having the ball in your hand and it's 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 leading the run game against the Chicago Bears or, or the Philadelphia Eagles. So I 100% buy this statement. Uh, I do think they reinforced the blueprint we saw in several games, as Caleb said, Texans, commanders, right. and now Bears. You have to have the ball in your hands to beat the uh, Eagles. And this is not a
2: good sign for Eagles. <clears throat> Team, fans, everyone, sure, yeah. if Jalen Hurts misses some time, they're, they're still probably going to clinch home field advantage right. if they can squeak a win out in these next three weeks without him, But in the NFC, they play either the Dallas Cowboys, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook that's not very good, especially because there's top run games or top run teams. Right, right. Christian McCaffrey against that team will probably not be good for the Eagles. Dalvin Cook, who's hot right now, and then the Dallas Cowboys two backs. If, there's a lot of competition for the run game. And if that's the blueprint, those teams are It's going to be very hard for the Eagles to beat those teams.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I totally agree. I think this is still – we say it every week. It's a coaches league. It really is. The coaches are the ones that have a lot to do. I know players play, but coaches coach – coach. And I think whatever they were able to do with, we've already said, a low-talent team in the Bears, um, everyone's going to be watching this film, and they're going to be doing everything possible. So let's hope, if you're an Eagles fan, that your head coach can begin to scheme something new for you guys because the, the jig, as they say, is up. All right, week 16, we like to close up by just kind of looking at the schedule, giving just an open floor here and talking about it. Caleb, you've already said Jacksonville going to Jets should be an upset. It's a great game on the schedule. Yep, number one pick versus number two pick. Yep. All right, now this is a wonky, wonky, wonky schedule. So let me just catch you guys up. We've we've been blessed that we had Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, will be off, but you'll have Thursday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, it's a lot of football. So your Thursday night game, check out Jacksonville and the Jets. Should be a good one. Now, there's a whole slate of Saturday games. Literally, as many as 1 o'clock games on Sunday usually is on Saturday. So tune into Red Zone. Is that right, Josh? They're going to have Red Zone? Mm -hmm. So Red Zone will be the Saturday 1 o'clock slates for sure, and that's a lot of games. And then you're going to have your – and again, my heart can't take this game, so I'm I'm grateful I'm at work during – the Cowboys playing at four twenty-five against the Eagles, and Washington against San Fran at four o'clock. Now, your Sunday slate—that's Christmas Day, folks. So don't be too mad. You basically get just a few games on Sunday—a Sunday night game, a Monday night game—and that's a wrap. So the, again, majority of your games are on Saturday. Now, is fantasy not quite wrapping up? We're in
2: the most leagues are in the second round of playoffs right now. Some are in the first round of playoffs yeah. right now. So all these games matter for playoffs, for fans, for us. Yeah, like I think for I, everybody, <laughs>
0: I squeaked through. Who did I, Who would I win? Uh, Ethan. You beat Tim. I beat Tim. Yeah, beat Tim. Close matchup. I thought I'd beat Ethan, and I get nope. My reward is Ethan beat Stan. Ryan. Nobody <laughs> wants Stan in the playoffs. Ethan beat Ryan. Yeah, in our money league, it was league. almost a Schneider Bowl that you knocked out Tim. So I, I'm pretty, I thought it was okay. Who's he's Air Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Ethan. <laughs> I don't know. I'm lucky to be alive. I think I'm alive in half my leagues, and I'm dead in the water in the other house But it's all good. So, yeah, weird slate, guys. If you're doing fantasy, again, there's no bye weeks. Just make sure you get your roster set in a day early for everybody and that Thursday night game.
1: Yeah, I will say that the Falcons-Ravens game might be the worst game of the year <laughs> if Lamar Jackson isn't back because Desmond Ritter couldn't do – a single thing. I think he had seven completions to his receivers. That's a huge yeah, I mistake. Mean, he, he had miscues with Drake London all game. He couldn't pass anything. He didn't really run the ball well. Um, I mean, and then you look at Tyler Huntley. He put up three points last week. So yeah. you can't really look forward to this game. And if you are, you're really hoping that Lamar Jackson is active. <clears throat> I mean, this guy's been practicing for 16
2: weeks and did nothing. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, a lot of guys have been practicing. I guys, I'm going to tell you that uh, Minshew is not going to come in and lay down for the Cowboys. Oh, I mean, he's, he's going to go be, crazy. Way better backup than Cooper Rush is, and that offense is going to be full strength. So don't think, "Whoa, Jalen Hurts." Whoa, is me. Although, anytime it just takes some of the rushing upside out of the offense. It definitely does. And Dallas needs to be up for this because honestly, if Dallas gets blown out, gets blown out uh, by Minshew and the Eagles, it I think that says a lot about their future this year. I really do. Yeah.
1: I think the the Lions and the Panthers are interesting because Jared Goff has not played extremely well on the road uh, this season. He is getting a matchup in Carolina against the Panthers. um, Two road games in a row. Uh, We'll see if he can bounce back in this game. But this is a game they need to win because if the the Packers do, in fact, upset the Dolphins this week, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a very tough road for the Lions. So this is a must-win game for both of those teams in that division.
0: Lions, just hopefully Jared Goff bounces back on the road. So are we all pretty much in agreement? Uh, Ravens still win? I, I think so. Yeah, Lions should should win. They should. Yep. Chiefs should win. Yep. Yep. Browns should win. Yep. I think we all agree that Texans could pull off this upset against the Titans. I, I think so. <laughs> and I, th- I mean, the Titans aren't a scary team even
2: They're- without Damian Pierce.
1: <clears throat> yeah, the, the Titans are not putting up even twenty points. So I, hmm. I, we're talking about the Texans who competed with the Cowboys and the Chiefs. They'd have to fall off from what
0: they've been doing. Bengals gonna beat Belichick? Um, unfortunately. Yeah, we agree. Uh, Giants will lose to the Vikings.
1: Ah,
2: that's gonna be it's a wash for me right now. Really? The
1: Vikings are very so much the team that would have the greatest comeback of all time, and then, and then put up now. twelve against <laughs> the Giants.
0: Uh, our Bills should beat Chicago. Ah. No, okay, <laughs> but I mean, in theory, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they lost to the Jets. San Fran should beat Washington. They should yes. Mm-hmm. Chase it, Young, hopefully, is scrappy quarterback in Washington. <laughs> Chase Young, hopefully, returning in this game. Oh yeah. Uh, we agree. The Dallas should beat. Without Jalen yeah. Hurts, um, yeah.
2: on paper, yes, okay. yeah. but it's sa-
1: a divisional, so who knows? And it it sounds like he's certainly going to be out of this game.
0: Yeah, Pittsburgh and Raiders, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, this
2: matters for Steelers playoffs potential. They're oh, still
0: in the hunt. It, no, it, it matters big time uh, a, a couple ways because I'm still I look I couldn't believe it and I typed it. Steelers are six and eight. Yeah. I mean, there. Kenny Pickett's uh, back in it. Kenny Pickett is back in it. The now, fa- they're, they're false hope way down game. that list, but you're saying there's a chance. You know what I mean? There is a chance. Yeah, and I
2: mean,
1: what they're <laughs> they're tied with the Jaguars, theoretically, in terms of making the playoffs as a wild card, but then they all they have to do is capitalize on a Engle, or a New England Patriots and a Jets loss. And the Browns need to lose
0: for y'all <clears> to move up in your division. Which, yeah. Which could, could totally happen, for sure.
1: I said y'all,
2: as if y'all are on the team. I, I don't. Yeah.
0: Now, yeah, I do love Steelers. We're closet Steelers fans here. Yeah, we are. Um... Green Bay and Miami, I think, will be a game. I, I hate to yeah, say, it. I
2: think, I think the Packers
0: squeak through. I, I that's really your upset. do. Yeah, yeah, I
2: really do think that's going to happen.
0: Uh, Broncos Chargers shouldn't be much of a game, but the way that Rippon's balling out, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said that since the nineties. I, th-
1: I think Russell Wilson will be back for this game. Yeah. It was just a concussion, uh, and there was later in the game of that uh, for our former week, so he should be back in this game against yeah. the Rams. I, th- I think Denver has a real chance here, especially with Latavius Murray coming off the game he just came off of.
2: 120-plus yards, and the Rams just got ripped up by A.J. Dillon, so I mm-hmm. think that it's going to be a hard game for the Rams.
0: Yeah, and then, Tom Brady, if they don't beat the Cardinals, he should retire on midfield. He no, should take his helmet off and say, <laughs> and announce think, my retirement from the game of football. I think they will
2: beat the Cardinals. <laughs> okay. I, I really don't think Tom Brady <clears throat> has fallen off one bit. If you watch the games he plays, he still has all or more zip on the ball than he's ever had. He's, it's, he's
0: dipped into the fountain of youth. We know this. He sold his soul.
2: It's pretty exciting, though. Yeah. He throws the ball pretty
0: hard. Yeah. Some of those passes yeah, to Mike Evans last and, week was crazy. But to my point, he is so self-destructive in terms of yelling at his teammates, and I think that's counter. He's done that twice, and they've come back and one in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter twice. Yeah, and so. I think he does get a matchup, I think, against the worst defense in the league
1: now per the, the numbers. The Cincinnati Buccaneers. Uh, Cardinals is a much easier matchup than the Bengals.
0: And, um, but the, if they don't win, I want his back. Yeah, I don't think you know we, get,
1: we, get, <laughs> we get Colt McCoy or Trace McSorley up against now. Colt McCoy's uh, dis- back. Despite what the Bucks have been playing like their their defense is top 10 right now and they are actually 10th. So, it is a hard matchup and uh they'll likely get turnovers to put them in red zone opportunities for the Bucks offense. And I misspoke. I said Broncos
0: Chargers, I think, yeah. but it's 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 Broncos Rams. That's L.A. Yeah. L.A. They're
2: both yellow. They both play in the same stadium. Yeah.
0: The Chargers actually get the Colts, which should be Herbert- a <laughs> 50-50. Yeah. I do want to end the the podcast this week with something cool. I don't know if you guys heard this, but this hit the headlines today. Literally like while we're recording this. Eagles thank Jaguars for beating Cowboys with cheesesteaks for lunch. So they literally sent their former coach and his team, Philly cheesesteaks, as a sign of <laughs> their oh, appreciation. Sounds nice. But yeah, a whole slate of games. Uh, guys, it's getting real. Well, good luck on your fantasy. Remember to uh, set your starters. and There's no bye week, so you can't fall in that trap. But I'd hate for you to want Saquon Barkley to be in your roster, and he's not, because you forgot to pick him in a Saturday game. So I do it all the time. These boys keep me straight, but... Week 16, guys, the picture is coming together. Playoffs are starting to heat up. We're getting to see more people, you know, on the bubble, and they're definitely shaping up. The NFC is pretty much, I mean, to be honest, I think we have a better idea than what this thing looks like as far as the NFC because I think the teams that are in the hunt could shift a little. We know the Bucks right now. I don't know how they're in the hunt because they're winning their division technically. And they're 6-8. and eight. Yeah, they're going to go in by, by default, you know. Um, so th- that's, that's what it is. But uh, I don't – I do think the Giants and Commanders have the best shot to lose out because of Seahawks, Lions, Packers. Aaron Rodgers, they're still life, and Aaron Rodgers— Seahawks, they ran out of juice. They're toast. We'll see. That's just my opinion. Well, you've said that all— The last three weeks have been terrible for them. Well, we've always said Gino's the MVP, ha, 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 (laughs) and we know that he's playing way above himself. He's run out of backup juice. But I'm a little afraid if if uh, if you got Aaron Rodgers in your rearview mirror because of these quarterbacks, he's by far a goat. It's, it's December. Yeah, he's gonna heat up. So I would not be surprised if it's Bucks, Lions, Packers. If that's a possibility,
2: I think Giants squeak in still. I think Bucks they're gonna win their division. I think Giants can have ten wins. They have eight right now, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna come down to Lions, Packers week 17. I'm telling you.
0: Well, there's a lot that could happen. Anyway, week 16 is coming up. Week 15 is in the book. As always, uh, we will see you next week. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own Guys Without Helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.